Part six of Alador by Henry Newbolt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapters sixteen to eighteen. Chapter sixteen. How Ewan found his lady again, and how she went from him the second time. Long time was Ewan musing on that which had befallen him by night, and it seemed to him that he had been made to live, as it were, in two lives, seeing that out of one sleep he had twice awakened, and of the truth of this he had no certainty, but of his service that he had sworn to his lady, of that he had certainty, for whether in his dream or out of his dream his heart assented thereto. Moreover he desired greatly to come again to that house where he had seen her go from him, and if such a house there were in Palador, he doubted not to find it, for he saw yet before his eyes the shield of arms that was there beside the door, and it was party of sable and silver, with the ship sailing therein, counter-coloured. But now, while he was musing, came a messenger from Sir Reynold, and entreated him of his courtesy, that he would be with Sir Reynold shortly, for he had that to say to Ewan, which was worth his hearing. So Ewan went with the messenger, and came to Sir Reynold. Then Sir Reynold spoke to him slowly, and with many words, as men speak of grave matters. And he told Ewan how he was commanded to bring him that same day before the Prince of Palador, and he gave him joy therewith, for he said that the honour was great, and such as fell not commonly to them that were strangers, but if they were on some embassage. Then Ewan thanked him in such words as were fitting, and so covered his thought, for in his old life he had had knowledge of princes, and he was well away weary even to remember them. Yet for the desire that he had to meet again with his lady, and to do her service, he was willing to pleasure Sir Reynold and the prince and any other. So, when an hour had been set that he should meet with Sir Reynold before the door of the great guard, then Ewan took his leave, and was gone until the evening. At first he came hastily to his own house, for before any other thing that he might do, he was set to find that house of the shield, and he thought to go by the way of his dream. And he found the way like as he remembered it, and came before the house, and saw the shield. And he entered into the house, for the door was unlatched, and there was no man to stay him or to answer him. Yet he entered not so easily, for the door stood heavy against his hand, and cried out upon him, and he perceived that the hinges of it were eaten with old rust. Also upon the inward side of it was much cobweb of spiders, and in the hallway dust like grey sand upon the flags. Then he went from chamber to chamber, and they were all wide and waste in like manner, and his eyes were darkened to look upon the place, and his heart was cold within him, for he saw it as a place of the dead that was mouldering and forgotten. Then at last he came into a little chamber that was high above the hall, and it was the chamber of all the house that was most richly hung and furnished, and in it was a lute and a book, and a frame of broidery, and upon the wall a round mirror of glass. And he came to the mirror and stood still to look into it, and when he looked, the blood leapt in his heart as a horse leaps to the spur. For in the glass was the chamber made small and clear, 
as it were far off, and all things in order as he had seen them, save only that before the frame of broidery he saw a lady sitting at the work, and for all the bending of her head and the shadow upon her, he knew well that she was his own lady, and he kept watch upon her where he stood, for to move him from the mirror he dare not, lest she should go from him again. Then he saw in the glass how she raised her head and looked, and in that same instant the mirror was filled with cloud, and he turned him swiftly about in great fear. But his fear was vain, for his lady was verily there before him sitting, and by her the book and the lute, and all things in the chamber. And she gave him no greeting, but bent still to her broidery, and made as though he had been long time there with her. And presently she bade him take the lute and sing thereto, and her voice was light and careless, as of one that thought most of her own business. Then he was ashamed, for he had no skill with the lute, and he prayed her forgiveness humbly. Then she said it was no matter, but that he should take the book and read to her. And he took the book and opened it, but every word that was in it was written in an unknown tongue, so that he was ashamed for this time also. Then again she said it was no matter, but for a little while she was silent, and afterwards she bade him look from the window, and tell her of that which he saw. So he came to the window, that was an oriel and high above the ground, and before it and beneath lay the ridge-tiles of the city, and beyond them was a wall with battlements, and above the battlements was a long line and dim, where the sky met with the sea. Then he said to his lady, I see some part of the city hereunder, and what shall I say of it to do you pleasure? But she answered him, that he should look not upon the city, but beyond it. Then he said to her, I see above the battlements a dimness of blue, and in it is a line where the sky meets with the sea, and what more shall I say of it to do you pleasure? And she answered him not, but left her broidering, and so came and stood beside him at the window. And they too looked upon the sea together, and at the last she said to him, Look well now, and tell me all for I see that of which you have not told me. And he looked again, shading his eyes with his hand, and peering carefully, but nothing could he see, save one dimness upon another. Then an evil thought came into his mind, and he said within himself, This is her will, to put shame upon me, and to make me speak of that which I see not, as though I saw it with my eyes. Then he looked once again, and as he looked he spoke, and in his voice was a little grain of anger, as small as the sand that grits between the teeth. And he said, I see nothing where nothing is. And in that instant he heard his lady sigh, there as she stood beside him, and sorrow came upon him to hear her, and he would have turned to yield himself. And he turned and found her not, for in the taking of a breath she was gone from him. Chapter 17 Of Alador, and of the sands called the Shepherdine Sands. Then Ewan groaned inwardly, for he said, I am a fool, and worse than a fool, and for a moment he hated himself, and all that he had done. But afterward he considered a little, and said, This comes not of folly, but of newness, 
for I have not been used to live in two several lives. Yet by all seeming my lady does even so, and I with her. Therefore she knew well that I was her sworn servant, dream in and dream out, and if I had bethought me of this, I had never been angry. But now I have offended the second time, and how I am to meet with her again I cannot tell, seeing that she comes and goes like the wind among the leaves. So he went down to the house and out of it, and set his face to go toward the sea, for he thought by carefulness or by good hap he might come to perceive that which before had been hid from him. And as he went he heard one call him by his name, and he looked about and saw the young man Hubert behind him coming quickly, and he stayed for him so that they went forward together, and as they went they talked, and this time also Hubert told Ewan all such things as he demanded to know, for whether feasting or fasting, he was ever the same man, and his speech was restless and joyful. And at first Ewan asked him of the house of the shield, wherefrom he had come, and Hubert said it was of old the house of Sir Ogre, but now of his daughter, the Lady Enya, for Sir Ogre was by his own outrageousness drowned and dead. And of the Lady Enya he said that she was beautiful beyond telling, and therein Ewan well believed him, and then he said that she came never there, but hated them of Palador, and forsook them utterly. And Ewan laid that saying by, that he might ponder it. Then in their talking they came to the wall of the city, and Ewan saw before him a gate that he knew not yet, and beside it upon the left hand was a castle and a courtyard, and men afoot with halberds, and men a horse with swords drawn, and many folk coming and going. And this, said Hubert, is the great guard of the Prince of Palador, and it lies against the wall of the city, and overtops it, and so runs a good furlong to the south but on the east it stands above the city, and looks down into it, as a tree may stand above a sheepfold. Yet not so in truth, for in what place a tree stands, there will it look down on this side and on that, and not on one side only, as it is with this guard of theirs. Therewith he brought Ewan to the gate, and so out of the city, and he turned about and showed him that on this side the face of the great guard was as it were blind, and in no way looked upon the sea. And Ewan was astonished thereat, for the place was passing beautiful, with a broad way beneath the wall, and a border of great trees, and between the trees the wide water, coloured diversely with green and purple colours. Then he looked out as far as eye might see, and as he looked he forgot Hubert and remembered Enya, for he longed greatly to know what was the thing which she had perceived and he not. Then he turned back in his thought to Hubert and asked of him, What place is this and for what reason so forsaken? And Hubert answered, Well it is that you ask this of me and of none other, for the place is called the High Steep of Palador, and it is not forsaken but forbidden for in Palador the sea is held for a dread thing and an evil, and the great ones and those of the tower and those of the prince's household will have it neither in sight nor in hearing, so that it is not so much as named with us, save now and then with women, or else with harpers and rhymers and the like. Then Ewan said, Without doubt you make mirth of me, for I perceive that you are speaking one thing and thinking of another, 
as men use in jesting but hubert said there is no mirth in the matter save it be the mirth that covers aching bones for at times we have sight from hence of that which in all the world we most desire and well begone is he that sees it yet for this desire are we shamed and slighted as children are hushed that speak foolishly among their elders but what see you said ewan or what desire you to see and therewith his heart began to go to and fro for he knew that he was near his lady's secret then hubert laughed a little and made as though he would answer him but he answered him as it were slantwise for he said their shame is a toothless dog and again he said they see but little that never see alador then of a sudden he changed his manner of speaking and went laughing and talking at great random whereby ewan perceived that he had done with that matter and would have no more of it until he should return into his former mind so ewan took counsel with himself to lay wait for him there seeing that it behoved him greatly for his lady's sake to hear tell of alador then they too left the way under the wall and passed out between the trees and they cast themselves down upon the grass and lay there for a space looking towards the sea and below them where they lay was the high steep grey and green and below the steep was a beach upon the margent of the water and as for the water that was of two kinds for nigh land it was unvexed and still as a deep river is still but a mile out it was broken and foam-flocked as it were a great green meadow and a thousand of white sheep thereon and so continued as far out as i could see and ewan marvelled to see the breaking of the water for there was no wind and the tide was well nigh silent upon the strand and hubert told him that it was no marvel for the water in shore was deep so that a ship might go thereon but out yonder he said no man may sail and keep his life for the sea is full on every side with banks of sand and the name of them is called the shepherdine sands and many a one have they covered from all sight and seeking then said ewan they are well named by the name of the shepherdine sands for i see the sheep plainly but tell me this for what sake any man should go among them to peril of death and hubert said for the sake of alador then ewan thought to anger him that he might be the more certainly answered so he spoke scornfully and said what manner of men are they that for such a sake will go to peril of death but hubert was no whit angered and he said joyfully well worth the peril and the death for they tell such tales of alador that if but the half of them be true then may it well be the land of every man's desire and this you believe not yet for you have not seen it nor can i tell you on what day or by what enchantment you may come to see it for a man may watch half his life in vain and suddenly in the lifting of his eyes it will be there between sea and sky as clear as stone in sunlight then when he heard this ewan was silent for a space and continued looking out to seaward but he saw there nothing that was new for he saw only the still water near him and afar off the blue border of the sky and between them he saw that pasture perilous of the shepherdine sands chapter eighteen of palador and of the princes thereof 
right so came the sound of trumpets from within the battlements and hubert started up upon his feet and said joyfully how it was the trumpets in the great guard blowing to hall and he made ewan also to rise up and go with him and he brought him again through the gate and into the city and so to his own lodging and there hubert would have ewan to dine with him and with certain others and of those others one was named morris and another bartholomew and the third dennis and they were all three of them young men and restless in their speech as was hubert himself so they five talked together all the time of dinner and afterward they rose not from the table but continued talking and as reason was so it happened in their talk that there was ever one that made question and four that answered whereby at the last it seemed to ewan that his head span round for they four smote him with strange sayings on this side and on that as boys will smite a top and spin it and when they had told him the customs of palador concerning war and witchcraft and marriage then they told him of the clergy and the court and of clergy they said that there was scarce one to be seen in all the city for the great ones believed them not and the commons loved them not therefore they banished them for the most part yet not far off lest evil should come thereby or some sudden need but the archbishop they kept still within the city for he was of the company of the tower or at the least so they thought of him and of churches they made no account but left them there yet for the hope of paradise there were many that went pilgrimage then they all praised the prince some deal but of the court they told ewan such things as men will tell of courts and in part he believed them and in part he believed them not for in his time he also had told the like and found it otherwise but this much he heard of morris and took it for truth namely that by old custom none could be prince in palador save that he were a giant of his stature and of his lineage and also must no prince take a wife save that she likewise came of giants to the end that the same estate and goodliness might remain unto their children's children and by this counsel said morris it came to pass that being no more of one kind with smaller folk he that was prince could not have ado with his people neither in battle nor in love but he had of them great reverence for all men praised the doing of his lineage in time past moreover upon high days there would go lords before him bearing a great sword and a crown of tawny and when they of palador saw the prince accompanied therewith there was then no renown that they would not believe of him so said morris and bartholomew laughed and said further it is true enough yet this also is true that our prince is no free man but lives in durance all his life days for by no old custom but belike by fear of his greatness it is forbidden that he come abroad into the city without he be guarded by armed guards lest perchance he should some time break forth and go his own ways moreover it is provided that in his own house also and whether he be eating or drinking or what else doing he shall in any case be bound with chains and in the making of such chains they of palador have great skill for they will tie a man hand and foot with bonds of no seeming substance and yet past breaking of any save he be strongly holpen of friends 
then dennis laughed also and he said nay but this one thing you have forgotten how that our princes have leave for all manner of hunting and fowling and they go freely into all such forests as are large enough and strike all such game as shall come near enough for though they ride not with hounds lest their horses fall down under so great weight yet will they stand in covert the day long with marvellous endurance to shoot at such few birds and beasts as may be driven forth to them and this is well done for in palador good hunting brings good will and the prince thereby has the love of all his people and their love fails not but increases continually for they hold this prince that now is to be better than his father and he also was better as it is reported than any that was before him and certainly in the old time they killed not their game so easily nor one fourth part of the number thereof then said ewan i perceive plainly that this is a good prince but i am yet to seek wherefore he should desire my presence and hubert and morris and bartholomew and dennis when they heard ewan say so they were astonished for they knew not of the sending of sir reynold and they ceased from their laughing as men cast suddenly into fear and hubert said this is of the tower for i know their handiwork of old then ewan said merrily by seeming i also am a beast of the game but they four laughed no more and ewan perceived that there was no merriness left in them for they dreaded the favour of the tower whereby they might lose their man as soon as they had gained him and in no long while after ewan took his leave of them and he hastened and came to sir reynold for it was time End of part six.